Hi there, my name is Warren Pohl. I'm one of the co-founders at 33Shake and welcome to another episode of the 33Shake podcast where uh, today we're going to try and stay awake while we have a great chat about sleep um, because sleep is one of the best uh, performance enhancers around and it is completely free. Um, so by applying a little bit of thought to our sleep, we can improve our results uh, and feel better into the bargain. It's a total win-win and really easily done. That's what we're going to be looking at today. And uh, as you may have known by now as regular listeners, uh, this is all part of our mission at 33 Shake because what we're about is delivering huge value to endurance athletes. And we do it in this podcast by sharing the best in nutrition, training, mindset, tips and tricks for your endurance performance. And we do it in store at 33shake.com with our incredible natural sports nutrition products. So uh, let's try not to go to bed. Uh, let's stay awake and get on with talking about sleep. Because actually, we look at so many things as athletes to try and get better. Uh, first of all, we are going to work on nutrition, we're going to work on training, we're going to work on mindset, we're going to work on all of these things, kit, equipment, check the course profile for your race, you know, what are the timings, the whole lot. Sleep can often go unnoticed, which is a shame, <clears throat> because if we'd actually approached any other element of our training in the same kind of haphazard and half-assed way, we'd be rubbish at it. And if you look at it, you might find out that you're actually a bit rubbish at sleep. I know I did when I first started analysing this. Um, so, good news. It's really easy to change that. And the best thing is, big gains on offer. So, the basics. There are a few things you need for a good night's sleep. And they are a regular routine of bedtime and waking time. The more regular you can keep that, the stronger it's going to be. Um, you're going to want to avoid any meals. Uh, and also screens within three hours of going to bed. This gives the brain a chance to actually be relaxed when bedtime comes around. Uh, you're going to want to avoid any caffeine after lunch uh, because that will still be uh, having the chance to disrupt your sleep into the evening. Don't want that. Um, and then, this is very important, uh, you're going to want to get the bedroom sorted out for sleep. So, wherever possible, get all clutter out the way, cables out the way, devices out of the way, light out of the way. You want a room that is for nothing other than sleep. We're talking a bed, we're talking really nicely, blacked out curtains, we're talking uh, you know, a door you can close, and you know that's it. This is a temple to your sleep. The closer you can get to that ideal, and I get it, you know, with families, with life, with work, with kids, whatever, it's not always gonna be possible, but the closer you can get to all of these ideals, the more you're gonna get out of your sleep. So, uh, the second lesson is to understand that sleep matters. Uh, and this is interesting. Sleeping is part of training. Uh, this is a quote from Dr. Mike Loosemore. Uh, he's the team doctor for the British Olympic boxing team. And he's done some interesting work on sleep. Uh, he reckoned that in the Olympics, sleep was so important to performance that he would not let his athletes go to the opening ceremony if they were competing the next day. And now think of this for an athlete. Being at the Olympic opening ceremony is a really big deal, a kind of crowning moment of your career, a lot, you know, one step behind actually getting the medals. Um, but he actually forbade any competitors who were boxing in the next few days after the opening ceremony, wasn't going to let them go. He said, those that did, <coughs> excuse me, he said, those that did suffered badly. It had such a negative effect on their performance, and that was almost entirely down to a lack of sleep. Um, now again, if you're traveling for a race, this is worth considering. 
because if that race is uh, overseas, particularly if it's long haul, you've got a time difference to deal with wherever possible. Give your body a chance to deal with that. And just a quick diversion here, jet lag, okay? Um, kind of self-inflicted, all it is is a lack of sleep. Um, if you, uh, the best way to get around jet lag is to, when you get on the plane for a long haul flight, um, to put yourself on the time of the time zone where you're traveling to. So if that means forcing yourself to stay awake throughout the flight, even though it's the middle of the night where you just left, because it's daytime where you're landing, you'll arrive tired, but you'll be kind of on the time zone. You've just got to stay awake until it's dark, go to bed, and you're going to be sorted out much more closely the next day than if you'd stayed on the flight and you know gone along with the schedule. Often the flight schedule is going to be based around the country you've come from. Uh, similarly, if it's nighttime where you're going and daytime where you've left, and, and uh, you look at the time zone where you're going, it's like, well, I'd be asleep if I was there now. You've got to force yourself to sleep. So uh, get some earplugs, get an eye mask, and uh, just get your head down as much as you can, and then force yourself to stay awake on arrival uh, until, again, you get around to the bedtime. So diversion there on um, jet lag. Uh, sleep and uh, performance, increasingly a hot topic. Uh, Chris Izakowski of the Edinburgh Sleep Centre. Dr. Chris Izakowski, apologies uh, to you there, Chris. Um, he says, a quick research on PubMed shows there are over 120,000 medical research papers on the subject. Um, and it's increasingly getting into sport. I'm sure plenty of you will have heard the stories of uh, Team Sky's marginal gain of taking mattresses and bedding for every rider with them so that wherever they slept during any Grand Tour, the bed was effectively always the same. And they would have been working all, all that sleep hygiene stuff while they were doing it as well. You know, the dark room, the fixed bedtimes, uh, the lack of clutter, lack of screens, etc., etc. So it matters. Uh, number three, the power of the power nap. Um, the basic suggestion is athletes should sleep between nine and 10 hours a day. Uh, this comes from Dr. Jason Ellis. He is the director of the Center for Sleep Research at Northumbria University. Uh, 80 to 90% of that sleep, uh, those 10, sorry, nine to 10 hours a day, 80 to 90% should come during the evening or at night, uh, with the other 10% being a nap during the day. Um, but there can be a trouble because what he says is, is, is this doesn't reflect individual needs. Everyone is different uh, because more time in bed than you need can be just as much a problem as not enough. Um, and as he puts it, he says, um, more work is needed to discover the sleep needs of the individual. Otherwise, we'll just be creating the next generation of insomniacs. So honestly, unless you do have uh, insomnia or anything else like that, then if you don't feel tired, don't force yourself to sleep. Uh, too much can be as bad as too little. Now, don't overlook the benefits of the nap depending on the circumstances though. This is from Dr. Ben Edwards at Liverpool John Moores University. He says power naps can be used to offset sleep deprivation. Um, he did an experiment. He took subjects who would traditionally sleep eight hours a night um, and he would then give them three hours sleep a night and then giving them an hour's power nap for catch up. Now, he found that when they had the power nap, these subjects, their alertness scores were the same as the control group who had not had the power nap. Um, so the basic idea here and the interesting takeaway is if you've lost a load of sleep, you don't need to match it hour for hour to get most of the benefits back. Clearly, if you're doing this over years and years and years and years, then that's a different matter. But you know, general lack of sleep can be offset with less sleep than you think, maybe. So... This is from Professor Jim Horn. Uh, he's the director of the Loughborough Sleep Research Centre and he says only part of lost sleep is needed to offset sleep loss. 
lose 72 hours and you can recover with 10. Um, so, uh, as we mentioned earlier, if it's gonna work, only use it when it's needed. If you're not tired, don't do it. Um, quick note, ultra endurance competitors, if you're doing events that go through the night, um, then the power nap can be a useful tool in your armory. Um, and the minimum effective dose for a power nap is 20 minutes. So let's say you're doing a 24 or multi, 24 hour multi-day event or whatever, um, and you're getting to that point where the body's naturally shutting down between 2 a.m. and 5 a.m., which is always when it's hardest. Um, if you genuinely do need some sleep and you've got someone to reliably wake you up, whether it's an aid station member or a crew member or whatever, 20 minutes, that is the minimum dose. You will feel just as horrible when you wake up as you did when you went to sleep. But once you're moving again, you'll actually notice that sleep, just 20 minutes, will have had some benefits. Uh, it's something that I both practiced and used myself uh, racing at the Ultra Trail de Mont Blanc, which clearly goes through a night or two. Um, so, can be worthwhile for ultra endurance. Number four, sleep and growth hormone. There kind of is this uh, belief that sleep, enduring sleep, we produce more growth hormone. This is why bodybuilders kind of spend a lot of time asleep because they feel they're getting more growth hormone. Um, apparently this is completely wrong. And uh, this is from uh, Jim Horn from the Loughborough Sleep Research Center. And as he says, this is wrong, he said, the sleep-related growth hormone surge, which is a thing, we do produce more growth hormone when we're asleep. He said, it is not anabolic, as it's not muscle building. It is protective against our sleep fast. Uh, as mammals, we're particularly unusual in the amount of time we spend asleep and the fact that we do not eat at all in that period. So we're fasting while we're asleep. The surging growth hormone is simply to maintain our base level. Okay, so it's not really doing much to give us extra growth hormone. It's really just giving us our daily growth hormone, um, but we get an extra hit of it, that daily amount overnight. It's not creating actually more growth hormone. Uh, he also relates this uh, to the, the another, another thing that's cited for sleep as its benefits is the way there's increased mitosis, which is cell division. Uh, that increases during sleep. Uh, and again, he says this is actually simply, it's simply there as a protection uh, against the fast to hold our baseline, as opposed to actually something that creates extra uh, cell division for us. So we're not gaining growth hormone during sleep. It's, it's protective. Uh, number five, sleep deprivation doesn't affect strength. What it does affect is our perception of effort. This is fascinating um, because uh, in these sleep deprivation studies we've mentioned earlier, uh, the guys found that the sleep deprived subjects, they had the same physical performance as the group who slept normally. Now, bear in mind, this is in a lab. There's only so much you can measure. I think it was a lifting test of some state, maybe a leg strength test they were doing. Um, but the performance was the same. Uh, however, there is absolutely a link between time of day and physical performance. So how does this happen? Um, this is uh, 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 Professor Edwards here saying, muscular performance is lowest between 4 and 8 a.m. and highest between 4 and 8 p.m. on any measure. Strength peaks around 6 p.m. Uh, and will be around 7% higher than the lowest result of the day. Um, so if sleep does not affect strength, why are we... Uh, very obviously on all measures, stronger and weaker at different times of the day. Uh, the reason is it's our perception of effort. So the brain feels that things are harder when it's, uh, when it's more tired, uh, i.e. in the morning or when it's been sleep deprived, 
and as such, it doesn't work as hard. The actual underlying physical performance hasn't been changed. So again, particularly for um, endurance competitors, which uh, I'm sure most of you are, um, don't worry about bad night's sleep before a race. Uh, it's, just, it's obvious, like everyone gets a bad night's sleep before a race, um, doesn't matter. There may be a perception of effort. Now, normally that's offset by the extra adrenaline and everything else and the excitement at the beginning of the race. But as the race goes on, you might get some mental gremlins going, I didn't sleep well, it's gonna be bad. It's not. Your strength is the same, but your brain is feeling a bit weaker about it all uh, because it feels like things are harder. So master the brain, ignore the fact you haven't had a bit of kip before your race. Um, so uh, number six here, it's all in your head. Um, and this is another brain point because every other organ in the body, apart from the cerebral cortex, as in basically our brain, every other organ and muscle part of the body can recover while we're awake. It is only the brain that can't. The brain can only recover while we're asleep. Um, you know, this is the organ with the highest constant waking workload in our body. It demands 20% of our overall oxygen uptake, despite only making up 2% of our body weight. Um, so sleep loss is primarily gonna affect brain function, uh, mental alertness and mental agility. Uh, we can become more easily distracted, less able to focus, um, less able to change, take on new strategies, um, which means for fast-paced, rapidly changing sports, like a game of football, for example, um, decision-making and on-the-spot rapid decision-making and adjustment is actually quite strongly affected by a lack of sleep. So if that's, that's applicable to your sport, your job, your performance, then increasing your quality of sleep and your amount of sleep can really lead to better uh, decision-making and abilities there. Because also, when you're knackered, you might not even recognize there's a problem. You think it's fine, but you're doing terrible. Uh, number seven, what about exercise volume and sleep quality? Because one of the often trotted out lines about exercise is, well, it makes you sleep better. Well, yes and no. Uh, so what does this mean? Um, this is from, uh, I forgot the guy's first name. I think we mentioned him earlier, uh, Dr. Yan Daik. Uh, anyway, he says, the assumption that athletes sleep well is not shown in the data. Uh, studies show that many athletes have poor sleep. Um, so is this a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Well, on the one hand, and this has been something that's been shown up in um, research into athletes' hearts, uh, with athletes, athletes do not fit the bell curve of a general population. Um, so if you're exercising to a reasonable to a significant degree, you're already in a tiny, tiny cohort against the vast mass of people who do nothing, get fatter, get slower, get sicker. Which means that all of the averages for the way people should behave, uh, whether that's in terms of their sleep or and the heart stuff I mentioned earlier, in terms of the way a heart should behave when it's healthy or not, or what the indicators are of potential problems, um, athletes don't match the average data uh, and maybe that's no bad thing. So it's not absolutely certain athletes do have bad sleep. When compared against the average population they do. Are they more rested or not? Who knows? So maybe it's not a bad thing. Um, also environmental factors may skew the results. If you uh, want to study uh, athletes and their sleep and you study professional footballers, well, you might find out that, you know, outside of training time, <laughs> their lifestyles are not exactly conducive to a great night's sleep. Um, and the other thing is, if you were damaging your training or your health with your sleep, you do need to be training at a very, very extreme level. Uh, so according to various studies, exercising for less than an hour has little effect either to benefit your sleep or, or uh, negatively impact it. 
uh, while exercising between one to four hours can routinely uh, show, been shown to increase sleep quality. Uh, it's only when you regularly go over the four hour mark in exercise that you may uh, impact your sleep. Now, if anyone has ever slept after a major endurance race, uh, whether that's a marathon, an ultra, an Ironman, or anything else, uh, you'll be familiar with the kind of weird dreams, the hot and cold flushes, the shaky legs, all the other bits that, that kick in. Um, you know, it's not a great night's sleep. Um, but all of this comes down to balancing your training load in a holistic way. Um, so, you know, if you have smashed it out on one side, then you've got to balance it out on the other. And sleep should be a part of that. So even if you do train really, really big, it's not going to be actually a terrible deal as long as you're not doing that every day, forever, and not sleeping. Uh, better sleep strategies. Uh, number eight, it's all in the genes. There are apparently predictors of whether you are a morning person or a night person. There is a period three gene, the per three gene. Uh, people who have a long version of this gene tend to be morning people. And what do you know? In studies of runners, cyclists, triathletes, they found a huge predominance of that morning gene. Um, so maybe they are, are you a night owl or a day owl? It could be genetic. Uh, if you are not the kind of person who wakes up early, don't worry though. Um, for example, I'm not uh, and have never had a problem with training or anything else because first of all, there's motivation. If you're motivated beyond the fact of simply doing the session, as in, I know I just generally feel better throughout my life and perform better if I do this, or if you've got a race coming up that you really want, there's your motivation. Accountability I've found really helpful as well for early morning sessions. I will get with a training partner who is a morning person and who I know is going to be there, therefore you don't want to let anyone down. There's your accountability. Those can be good things. If you don't feel like you're a morning person but you do need to train or want to train in the mornings, uh, those are the ways to do it. Um, now, last one. How much sleep do we really need? We talk about eight hours. Now, apparently the average night's sleep, 7.04 hours. That's the average amount people are sleeping. Um, which given that uh, we all apparently need uh, somewhere around the eight mark, uh, and a lot of research has shown that even people who say, I don't need that, I can survive on five hours sleep, the number of people who truly are genetically and biomechanically and biologically wired up that way is fractional. Uh, whereas the number of people who say they can far outweigh the number of people who really can. So not always the case. Most people need more than eight hours sleep, which would suggest given that the average is 7.04, we're all in sleep deficit. Uh, one of the studies, they said, if you give healthy people uh, who sleep well, if you give them 16 hours, they will traditionally wake up around about 12, and over time, they'll settle at about 8.9. So we generally need more than we're actually getting. <clears throat> How can you find out where your sweet spot is? Well, you need a bit of space and time. You need to go to bed at the same time every night. And you need to have no alarm in the morning. Uh, that is a tough call in today's uh, busy world. But if you can do it, you'll be able to find out after a week or two where your sleep stabilizes. That's what you truly need. Uh, and the more often you can get that, the better. Uh, so there you go. Um, hope that stuff has all been helpful. One of the things to take away from this, though, is sleep is hugely uh, not misunderstood. There's very little understanding about it, even at the highest levels in science. Uh, no one truly, absolutely knows the concrete answer to why we sleep. Simple fact is, though, it's good for you. It's going to make you quicker. The better you can make your sleep, the better you make your health and your performance. Well, I hope you're all still awake after that lengthy and entertaining romp through the world of sleep. And I hope that those tips um, can really help you 
maximize your sleep and maximize your gains from it. So uh, if you've got any thoughts, comments, questions, uh, whatever strategies you use, we would love to hear from you. All of our contact details are in the show notes below. And if you know someone who might enjoy this, then please share it with them. Um, and on top of that, if you are looking for the very finest in endurance nutrition for your own swimming, cycling, running, or triathlon, then why not check us out in store at 33shake.com. It's everything we do.